Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Hello, on this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, I have a conversation with Amanda Forense. Now, Amanda is a an artist and a writer who lives in Port Arlington, which is in the Wadarong country. So she's just a hop, skip and a jump away from me. And uh, it's really lovely for me to be talking to somebody who I see as a social activist in my local community. So Amanda uses words combined with lino prints to create artworks and campaign for social equity. She practices under the banner of print change, seeking stories, experiences from others for her artworks. And she believes shared stories create community awareness, connections, and help to change the world. Now, Amanda's artwork, Paper Women, takes women's stories of men's abuse and prints them in the dress of a paper woman, then linking them together in a paper chain. So far, 59 women have trusted Amanda with their stories and Paper Women has been exhibited in three community venues around Geelong with another six following and more being negotiated. The Paper Women are also online with permission. Stories can be anonymous in any language or format and are not edited. Her next project is called The Privilege Ometer. It will be an interactive street artwork that gets as many people as possible to take a privilege quiz and learn about how privilege works or doesn't for everyday people. So let us open the door on today's episode and explore this conversation with somebody who is doing something really amazing, which um, is something that will continue to grow and grow. And that may also be an opportunity for you to become involved with. Okay, let's take a look at today's episode. Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. 
You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Amanda, and a very, very warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. Thanks so much for coming on today and being a guest. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and um, fascinated by what you do. So this is a really good experience for me as well. I can't, I'm just trying to recall how we actually connected. I think it may have been... um, Humans in Geelong, Jackie from Humans in Geelong. Um, so this is our neck of the woods where we reside. Uh, there's a fantastic organisation called Humans in Geelong, which focuses on different people who live in the area who basically have a real sense of community, a sense of social justice, um, and just, I suppose, you know, bringing a bit more light into the world, um, dealing with some stigmas that uh, really shouldn't be around anymore. We need to kick some of those stigmas in the butt and get rid of them. Yeah, and, sure. um, and Amanda, you know, Jackie, brought you to my attention with this amazing project, art project that you've been working on. So can you please tell the listeners a bit about you and uh, and what you're currently doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm an artist and writer. Um, I My art form that I tend to use the most is lino printing and I tend to put words, um, either my own stories or other people's stories, uh, through my prints, so build them into my prints. I've been printing now for about 15 years. Um, I took it up. We, my family, we were living at the top of um, WA in Port Hedland in a mining town, and there wasn't a heck of a lot to do, and I was kind of perhaps uh, not so happy sitting at home with a couple of little kids. So I went, started going to the local TAFE just to get out and, you know, do something a little bit different and claim back some me time, I guess, um, with two very, very little kids. Uh, and I started printing there and just loved it. So um, I failed that subject. I was doing a visual arts course and I failed the subject three times. <laughs> so I could keep taking that one particular subject because as soon as you passed it, you had to move on to, you know, painting or drawing or ceramics and that just wasn't doing it for me. So eventually the art teacher kind of said, you know, you have to kind of move on. Um, and then I just took it with me. I took lino printing with me and uh, I made some kids books. That was the first thing I did. And then I started selling those books at um, markets. And then eventually I started doing, um, entering some art competitions um, and I ended up selling cards and postcards and prints, anything I could make easily. Um, We were in a very remote town, so it was hard to get stuff there. But I was selling stuff through markets and then I decided to um, focus more on exhibition side of things and producing original artworks. And I was very fortunate to get a, a grant to help me with that with a year of professional development. And uh, I had my first solo show in there. Um, in that time, I did a residency back in Victoria. Um, I won a fairly major art prize. So it was a really busy, you know, productive period for me. Um, but then we decided to move back to Victoria and um, things were a little bit different over here. It's probably not the, uh, 
not as easy to be um, an independent artist over this way. Um, and I made the decision to stop being a full-time artist and be a worker, as we were just talking about prior. Um, and then, so I put down my tools for a few years and when I came back to it, um, I've got a, a lovely day job now and I was in a position very fortunately economically that I could make the decision to make my artwork um, more about my social justice beliefs, which was a really important step for me. Um, just not, not to be making something with an idea to how it would sell and that um, has freed me up creative, creatively quite a bit. So my launch back into that, that art, art sphere was a project, um, as you mentioned, called Paper Women. And it was and is, it's an ongoing artwork. It's, I guess, interactive. It's just a complete labour of love for me. Um, my idea was that, or the premise behind my artworks is that the way we change the world is for everyday people to realise that certainly in situations where they are less powerful or they're, they're being abused in some way, they realise how many other people out there are affected and that they're not, they're not alone. Just um, bringing that all together, just connecting people and making them realise that what's happening to them isn't unique or something to be ashamed about or uh, um, frightened about speaking up about. Um, once that happens energy is kind of gener generated people by connecting generate energy and that and that's what we can use to drive change and that's what's so needed so paper women was really just about taking a, a very basic visual concept which is um, a paper chain of women which we've, we've seen you know used many many times that's not new um, but so they're just literally paper cut out dolls like we all kind of played with or see you know used visually representing um, groups of women and what I guess is a little bit different about mine is there's a liner cut uh, dress that goes onto the paper dolls and in those dresses um, any any woman who wants to share with me their story um, of abuse um, any type of um, gendered abuse that they've experienced is actually printed unedited printed into um, the women's dresses um, and then the women are linked together and they form a paper chain of women who have been um, in abusive situations or abused by men in, in you know in some capacity um, and it presents a really strong visual uh, visual reminder um, of, you know, that there's women out there and there's more than one, there's more than two, there's there's quite a few of us and those, those impacts are there. And so it's a visual reminder that way, but it's also an opportunity for women to have their stories um, read. Mm -hmm. um, if you get close enough to these artworks, you can read the individual stories and um, many of them are quite harrowing. Some mm -hmm. of them are, are really quite simple, but others are just layer upon layer of horrendous, you know, abuse. Um, and they're all valid. And writing those, down those stories is a way of permanently recording what is happening to those women. You know, it's, it's a way of making their mark. And that's really important. Um, we tend to whisper about these things if we whisper at all. Quite a few women have, have actually said in their stories, this is the first time they've ever written or acknowledged this experience to anyone else. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of power in that as an individual to have your story recorded and to know that it did actually happen it's not something that's just floating around the edges of your mind it's there it's real and it's permanent and we've all got them so. and and that that person matters you know this their story matters it's you know they're they're a value and yeah. 
yeah, what happened to them. It's important and, yeah, and it needs to be recognised and for people to understand yeah. that, you know, life can be very cruel, you know, to some people and there needs to be a lot of compassion for people who have gone through trauma to support them to be able to recover on the other side of that. So I think that's your project has really facilitated that um, doorway to compassion and understanding. And I just think that's so beautiful. Can you tell me, um, like, where did that idea spring from for you to start this project? This project in particular, well, I always put my my stories with my artworks in some capacity. Um, it normally didn't lead to necessarily commercial acceptance. I had quite a few galleries say to me, it'd be better if your stories weren't part of them, particularly because when I write my stories, I'm not um, writing about rainbows and happiness. Sometimes I've what I tended to, my two solo exhibitions, my two more major solo exhibitions were, um, I'd literally take a photo of something that triggered a memory in me, um, make a line of print of it. So it was very much an illustration, but then put a story about it. And, you know, sometimes they were things like um, um, how much I hated taking my kid to play group. You know, um, sometimes there were things about how women compare their bodies against each other. Sometimes it was things like, you know, I've got to go to the post office again and I just feel like I'm drowning my life because it's on such a high repetition. Anyway, I was just amazed how many people came back to me and said, amazed, people that I would never have thought that just came to me and said, you're telling the stories of my life. You're telling, you know, these basic everyday stories. Yeah. That could have been me. And it wasn't such a leap from there to think maybe if these people had the opportunity to write their stories, that would help connect other people. And from there, it was for me um, having always been a very big social justice advocate and, um, you know, majorly annoyed at life. Um, I didn't really check whether they were allowed to swear in this podcast, so <laughs> pull me up before I start. But just always just that gender inequality from day dot, from really being young, you know, just being so annoyed at the way the world was structured so that, um, you know, men were at such an advantage, particularly white men. And... It just always infuriated me and I think the, the level of silence and shame that's always associated with women who have been in abusive situations and that infuriates me even more. Like, you know, um, my, the first story in this series, in the Paper Women artwork is mine and it's about being catcalled and um, it was happened to me only a few years ago and I was just walking up and I, I have worse things that have happened to me but this one just really infuriated me. I was walking up the street in Geelong and a car load of young guys just drove past and just basically, you know, dropped the F-bomb at me, swore at me, like, through the car window. And it shook me. I just literally stood there. And instead of, you know, in your head, all these wonderful retorts happen, you know, you just get ready to scream back and you just tell them off. And But instead I stood there crying. And I went back to the mm -hmm. office and I cried. And I was, I was on edge the rest of the day. And I thought there was nothing to be gained for those young men apart from, my like my taking away my power that was all they were after they got a bit of a laugh at it a bit of joy and I just thought even now even at 50 even with things apparently having changed in the world so much and all this equality being around you know people are still powerless people still you know people get joy from taking other people's power away 
and it just infuriated me and I just started thinking about what I could do to to make a change and then I started thinking about how many people I I think I'm one of those people that um, because I don't have a lot of tolerance for societal rules um, people tend to tell me stories that they wouldn't tell anyone else Mm. Um, it's not that I'm necessarily a good listener I don't think it's just more that my fury probably sits in the right spots um, in terms of they can tell me things and they know I'm going to get really angry, but I'm not necessarily going to pass that on. But I'm also not going to judge them the same way someone else in their church might judge them, the same way someone else in their mother's group might judge them. I'm not that sort of person. I'm kind of sitting out on the edge. And I just thought about all the people who have said to me, all the women who have said, I've never told anyone this story, but I was raped. I've never told anyone this story, but he had his hands around my neck. Yeah. And I just thought those women need the chance to, you know, get their stories down you know not just whisper them over a cup of coffee and then try and get back to their everyday lives they need to be able to if they want because you know it's a big step recording something is a big step but they having need that said that can I just ask you um is there a capacity within what you're doing for a woman to choose to submit her story and re- remain anonymous absolutely all the stories yeah. are anonymous unless someone contacts me directly so um and when I first started getting the stories, it, it was I was actually a little shocked um, at so I had so few responses, even from people that I knew. Had, how did had how did you promote the project to begin with? Can you yeah just uh, share that journey, please? Yeah, yeah, it was purely um, through social media, to be honest, yeah. and word of mouth. And I I very arrogantly just assumed that particularly because I've had so many people tell me their stories. I thought at least those people would want to share their stories. And I was really quite shocked that I couldn't get any traction on even my social media posts. And normally I would get, you know, X people liking it, X people promoting it, X people sharing it. So a few people were even prepared to like what I was writing about and what I was talking about. Um, even I had people coming back to me and saying, oh, look, I shared your post, but I'm not getting any likes. What's is that? Maybe there's something wrong with the link. We were all just a little bit flabbergasted at how um, people weren't even prepared to support the concept of what I was doing. So I had to really, had to really work it. And that was an unusual thing for me because normally even, even when I, you know, my normal artworks, heaps of people support my processes um anything that makes people feel happy and positive there's a lot of support but as soon as you touch on something that you know is a little bit too close on home it's about pain and yeah and suffering and yeah. anguish yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the doors get start get slammed in your face really in yeah. terms of just you know what would anyone else think if I like this post what would can anyone I put- else say yeah. Can I put something forward to yeah, you? Sure. You know, your project for somebody to share their story, it takes a tremendous amount of courage oh, to, so you know, share, you know, those vulnerable moments that yeah. you've gone through in your life. Um, and you need your trust has been shattered yeah. by a very destructive person in yeah. a very destructive relationship. So not making any generalizations but that's what lies at the heart of it is this destruction oh, absolutely. And, um and so 
your trust, you know, coming from this place, a woman who is contemplating sharing her story, it takes a great deal of confidence combined with, you know, with courage to be able to say, yes, I am actually going to be transparent and I'm going to say what happened to me. Um, for all those reasons, you want to try and keep yourself safe. Absolutely. So yeah. contributing yeah. to a project like yours is definitely, definitely stepping outside of your comfort zone. Oh, totally. And I had to really, um, it was a bit of a slap in the face to me. It was a bit of a wake-up call and I really needed it because I made a series of assumptions about what I, I thought I had created a safe space and I just thought people would be okay with that. Um, and and that and that I did hadn't thought much past it, and so when it didn't work initially, I really had to. I went back and canvassed friends. I went back and talked to women, not women who had been necessarily in um, abusive situations, but just anyone. And even one of the other things I, I figured out, um, which was again, I, I can only associate it with my own arrogance, um, was that. I had presumed that people write um, and that was one of the major problems was um, not everyone's comfortable writing. That's a massive assumption. So um, I had to step back even like step it right back and say, well, yes, I've, what I did um, was create um, a, a, an anonymous like survey monkey, you know, process. So, and I was really very sure that that was anonymous. Um, no, none of the artworks, none of the women feature people's names. Mm. Um, people can opt to talk about themselves in the artwork, but it's not, you know, they are extremely secure. So I thought that I'd tick those boxes and that was okay. But it was, there was more to it than that. I had to really think, you know, like, I actually had to do a little bit of research and work out how confronting it is to write because to me writing is just what I do. It's what I do every day. I journal every day. It's how I express me myself. Me too. Yeah. It's, and, and so you and you you get it. But a lot of people aren't comfortable, you know, in the best of circumstances mm -hmm. writing something. A lot of people might not have had the best education and a lot of people just, you know, writing is the last thing they want to do. Yeah. So I ended up developing a checkbox survey instead yeah. and and. That was just a heartbreaking process, literally typing out all the different categories of ways that women can be abused. Mm. You know, things like that. Um, I had to I had to go through those steps of awareness for myself. And it was a good journey because I learned so much more than I thought I knew. So just talking to people and being supportive and having a read certain amount didn't prepare me for the levels I needed to go to, to, to make this as inclusive as possible. And I think that um, knowing what the stats are and knowing how many people out there have been abused, um, you know, that's one thing. But every time someone trusts me enough to give me their story, that's a, that's, it feels like, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have any of these stories. But every time someone trusts me enough to give me their story, that's that's a little win. That's a little, you know, um, for me, that's that's a victory, you know. And it's knowing that those women have made their mark, you know, artistically, um, intellectually, and just in terms of they are here. And like you said, that before that word value is really important to me. And it's you know I blather on about it on my website quite a bit. But it's not only that the women are valuable, but their story is valuable. You know, what happened to them shouldn't be happening. 
and writing that story down or checking a tick box or even even visiting the website which can be so dangerous for people I understand that sort of thing yeah you know they they uh, are valuable their experience matters you know it shouldn't be happening but it is happening and yeah like you say that courage that you know but just facing just just even writing down what happens to you it's, it's like a mental shift I think um and I had to really get my head around that so people might not want to write in the first place but to actually record it um there's a permanency about words you know mm. that it's it's another step you know it's another step in the process of accepting or processing what has actually happened and, and like you say that the courage involved to step up to that um and and the trust is you know it's not something I take for granted there's a lot of scope within your art project I think to help women to connect and, and feel connected to not feel alone in their suffering and in their experiences um I've, it's such a great visual representation that you've got a single you know woman cut out but it's a chain of you know so each one has an experience each one has a story and I've it's very easy for me to visualize this chain growing and growing and growing as more women have the courage to connect with you and to share their stories and then they find themselves more connected to other women and they feel less alone less ashamed of their past experiences knowing that they're not alone they're not the only one who's gone through this at you know unfortunately you know the statistics of domestic violence domestic abuse family violence narcissistic abuse toxic relationships um you know sexual harassment all of these things are still really prevalent in our society when you were talking earlier you you know you struck a on something that um, I think about, I've got three teenagers, and um, and I would love to think that um, that the younger generation are growing up to understand the importance of respectful behaviour. Um, but I'm not sure that what they um, being fed on within their social media feeds and um and everything where there's a lot of uh inappropriate name calling and uh you know and that's quite normal for them to be using really disrespectful language Um, and I just wonder how that how they're able to distinguish between that just being um, a trend word and that being actually the way you regard somebody. Um, So, you know, all I can think is that it's just going to be a matter of time to see how that plays out. I think the younger generation, they do have a lot more education and awareness about respectful behaviour, but I don't think what they're being um, fed within their their major sort of um, content that's being, you know, like 
given to them on a daily basis with you know they're always attached to their devices and their phones and their scrolling and and it's all really horrible in terms of you know what um the language and everything that is is part and parcel of that and I've just like sort of really am quite um confronted as as a mum to you know see my children who you know they've been through a lived experience Mm -hmm. um with an abusive situation so they do know the difference between good behavior and bad behavior you know and the way that women should be treated respectfully and what it looks like for a woman not to be treated respectfully so um they've got that lived experience but not every child is going to have that lived experience and they just be getting fed all of this I, i think it's just garbage or rubbish you know that that um they're being fed visually and you know and um yeah, it's a bit confronting to to watch. I, have, I just yeah. think oh, I have very serious. It's not helping. It's not no, helping. No, I have very serious concerns, particularly with um, you know YouTube, um, the uh, algorithms, and how the information that's fed down, and how particular groups, particularly from America, are, are using those to target teenage boys. Very strong concerns about that. There's some, yeah. you know, um, excellent books out there to read on that. Um, Laura Bates has got one. Um, it's just horrific because I'm kind of with you. Like um, I'm watching kids come up. I'm watching my own two teenagers, and I, I think I'm a fairly literate person in this area. Like I read and I research and I'm aware and I talk to people. And I've tried to bring my kids up the right way, but the pushback I get from my son in particular, and what he considers acceptable because of what he sees and hears and it just blows my mind. Like we just had a massive disagreement about the press's treatment of Amber Heard just recently, that yeah. whole Johnny Depp situation. Yeah. And he just believes what he sees on TikTok. Exactly. And they that, do, and, that don't they? and I've worked really hard to make sure he's not that sort of a person. Um, but at some point that that social media combined with the 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 peer, um the, the peer awareness and, and how his peers work in the world you know you, you kind of got to trust in what you've you've given them to begin with but I think that um part of the issue is that yeah I'm a strong believer that the kids are going to change the world and I think that we're the gatekeepers that have to hold the tides back to let that that happen you know yeah. particularly middle, middle-aged women I think that's our role you know to not fall into the um to not to not follow the same pattern as was set before us you know we've really got to hold those spaces to let let those kids make those changes because they they can they've got more voice than we ever had like um I'm, I'm not quite sure how old you are but I'm 50 and um you know we were meant to be able to do anything we weren't you know in the 80s as teenagers we were going to have kids we we're going to have a job have a career take on the world uh, the reality of that is so different and so many of the entrenched systemic problems are still there and they're not they're yeah. not going away but young people that have social media so there's opportunities for them to have those that, that voice and that's really important if we can you know give them that space but equally the pushback you know and the way those systems are being used as well from the other side I think is is hugely problematic and um the the, the hope that I have in younger people you tend to um 
you tend to follow what interests you and what you support and block what you don't. So I do worry about that the the good side of social media, which is what I see. I don't see this the other side of it. What's offset by what's been pushed out of America and um, you know sort of men's right activist groups and those sorts of extreme you know groups. So I have some really serious concerns about you know kids coming through and you know what they're exposed to and where that will go. So. Yeah, it's a very, very strong influence um, in their lives and the way and their beliefs, you know, are formed from what they're being fed. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's um, it's really alarming. You were talking earlier about your uh, your own assumptions that you were making. We we all make assumptions, yeah. and um, a lot of those assumptions are based on our beliefs and if we're closed off to um to there being another alternative then you know we'll be making all sorts of wrong assumptions and that's you know I think that is my concern is that um these young people and I remember what I was like when I was that age too is very passionate and um I I thought I had wisdom yeah yeah <laughs> based on my very limited view of the world <laughs> that yeah. day you know yeah. so um but I and you know they have the the power of that age you were talking about that too you know when we were growing up we you know had all of these dreams and aspirations that we'd be able to do it all and that that's no different from them but I think I know that they have some big issues that are confronting them that we didn't have when we were growing up and that that also um sort of gives some justification I suppose to their their need to escape Mm. some of the the weight of what's going on um currently in the world that all of these you know like time pressures that we have to affect some changes so um but we don't know what the future holds exactly and you know my aim in this podcast is to empower people to to believe that we can influence positive change and that there's don't give up don't you know don't get apathetic and think that there's nothing that you can do to improve the quality of your life or to join forces with other people to affect some really fundamental changes that are needed in the world and I think the more that we work on ourselves Mm. um, the the more we become aware of what it is to be healthy in ourselves and then to be able to reflect that in our other relationships the more chance we've got at succeeding with these bigger you know issues that we're being confronted with in the world so um you know I see I have conversations with my kids where my kids are a bit like um 
oh, you know, things aren't great, um, you know, it's not going to be good what happens in the next, you know, 20, 30 years and it's we can't really do anything about it. It's up to government. It's up to, you know, industries. And, yes, they're right, but they're also wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's that line, isn't it? It's, uh, it's kind of like... Um, Governments don't change by their own accord. It's everyday yeah. people joining together. That's what causes big change. Societal change comes when enough people reach that tipping point. Yeah. And that's there's no other way about it because governments, you know, it's like when people say it's the law. Well, laws change. Laws yes. get written. You know, yeah. it's still the majority of people that can affect change, you yeah. know, and that's what's needed. Enough people we need to be aware of those the way that this um, system is set up to make certain people fail and certain people succeed and those levels of privilege, that's what's really important, you know, just keeping their eye on the big picture and every person can, you know, contribute to that. And that's what's so necessary to recognise about why these power structures are set up. I mean, you know, the patriarchy and everything else, mm. it does no good to men, you know, either. It does no, it definitely doesn't do any good for women. And non-binary people, but but men are hobbled as well by these holes, these systems. It's yeah. designed to keep very few, a very few rich white men basically in power. And the rest of us, the sooner everyone wakes that up and can affect real social change, the better off we're all going to be. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, we are, I think, we are at the tipping point now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why we see such pushback from those extreme groups. Yeah, because you know the blinkers are coming off basically yeah. you know humanity doesn't have that much more time to dilly-dally about making some of these serious changes that's it. so um and the more you try and change and, and the quicker it's happening the more pushback we're going to get but um you know it's something you've got to live through but every single person can affect that change every yeah. single pe person can look to see what's wrong in the world and help right it I'm hoping with your project that there are going to be women who encounter your project who might still be in a toxic relationship, who might see something in those stories from other women to perhaps um, confirm to them that what is happening to them is unacceptable and that it is time for them to put their safety first um and the reason i say that is because we we know when it comes to physical abuse it, it's very black and white and um and still that doesn't make it uh easy for a woman to leave a relationship um that is physically abusive but all those other forms of abuse that um they fall into more of a grey area and it's easy to normalise those behaviours and just think this is my lot, I'm stuck in a miserable relationship that's, you know, really this is normal and when it's not but it, because you don't have a mirror to look into that tells you from somebody else's experience that um, that this is part of what an abusive relationship looks like, that um, they can stay in that relationship far longer than what they should. 
um, to free themselves to be able to start healing and um, and rebuilding, you know, themselves, finding their self-esteem again, their self-confidence and remembering who they are, you know, deep down inside. So I'm so glad that I have been introduced to you. I have shared my story with you. So that is now going into your project and um, and thankfully you're also uh, going to share links for people to find the podcast yeah, too, sure. which is amazing. Yeah. If anybody would like to contribute their story how do they go about that? Can I share some links in the episode notes yeah, for no. people to connect with you? Yeah, for sure. That would be great. Um, the, so my web, I'll send a link to my website and that's got uh, to the specific page and that has got the link to the Survey Monkey survey. So um, I've actually got a couple of people who have come forward and said to me, you know, that they wanted to be a, a referee for that just to, you know, make note that it is entirely confidential. And it turned out one of them was one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the level, it, it, there is nothing to identify you. There's no need to write an email address or anything that can link back to you. It's purely just go to the website, you put your information in and you're done. Um, so I do have a post office box. Um, I have a specific phone set up for this if people wanted to text in their response through. No one's taken that, that option, but it's there. Um, and I can also just accept email responses as well. But if the, the survey maker is the most secure way of doing it to ensure that you know people remain anonymous. The, um, whatever people give to me, whether it be the checkbox survey or their actual words, it's not edited in any way. It's not, um, it can be in any language. I've had poems, I've had 4,000 word essays come through. Um, I've had one word responses, anything and everything is valid. Um, the, the more serious abuse cases, um, the, you know, the heartbreak, you know, they're probably um, the biggest, what people look to and, and affects the biggest change. But the whole gendered violence, the whole gendered abuse, it can be just being pinched on the bum in a nightclub. It, it can be just, um, you know, that workplace social inappropriate behaviour being stood over. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, like there's a whole spectrum of bad behaviour and um, where you become disempowered, yeah, and, and that's where yeah. where your choices are taken from you. From exactly, yeah. So while the art and the artwork won't ever stop, whenever I get you know in twenty years from now, if I get a story, it's it's being added. I'd like to think that the world would change enough that it's not necessary, but it, it's you know reality is. Um, so any story is welcome. Any level of experience is welcome. Basically, I want to show. It's about giving women a chance to write their stories about down, but it's also visually to show how many of us are, are affected. And, you know, this isn't, you know, I've got um, just under 60 responses now. Those 60 stories are really important, but we know it's more than 60. We, we know it's more than 1,000. We know it's more than 100,000. You know, we know it's it's millions and millions of, of women that have been affected. Um, the artwork will keep going on and it will keep doing its work as, as long as there's a need for it. And I can't see, unfortunately, that need changing anytime soon. So 
So yeah, um, sorry, I got off track then. Um, but That's yeah, okay. <laughs> so if of- if you're listening to this and you would like to share your story, yep. then just go to the episode notes, and yep. there will be links for you to share your story yep. in a way that is appropriate and is comfortable for you to do so you it's your choice and yeah ultimately you're in control of um how much you share what you share and there's um you can be from any part of the world too you don't necessarily have to be living in Australia to become a part of this project. This has the scope, as we know, um, you know, domestic violence and uh, it happens in all countries. It's not, you know, it's not just here in Australia that we're dealing with it. It's prevalent all over the world and, um, and, it will connect us all as as women as sisters that you know and we can gain solidarity and strength from those connections so yeah I invite you to participate thank you so much (laughs) well it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you Amanda I wish you all the very very best I'm very grateful to you for taking on this project and having this heart for for women to help them to heal from what they've been through and to gain strength from it too thank you thank you so much really appreciate it and just for the final question because this podcast is called tiara's tears and triumphs what does that title mean to you as a woman oh that's interesting isn't it um yeah, do you know what? Um, Internalised misogyny is something it took me a while to work out. I always tried to be one of the boys when I was a kid because I could see, I, I could sense very quickly that um, where the power balance lay and where you should associate yourself if you didn't want to, you know. So tiaras are one of those things, a bit like pink, that I just avoided, you know, and it's only just in the last couple of years I've realised how stupid that is and how wrong that is. So Tiaras is something I just think one day I'm going to have one, you know, past what my my little kids wore when they were little, I'm, I'm going to have a real tiara, a bit like um, a bit like um, Amy off um, the Big Bang, you know, just that pure joy in that sort of stuff. Um, tears and triumphs are probably wrapped up into the same thing with me and that is just purely my art. So just um, using using my capabilities to help change the world. So you know, my triumph comes from knowing that I can make a difference in someone else's life. That's it. And the tears are part of the package of that. I can't get away from it. So, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. No problem. (laughs) Thank you. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through 
and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.